All right, here it is. I am excited for this. It is a Saturday. I've never recorded a podcast on a Saturday before. So this is the first special circumstances, not just episode 162 of No Laugh Track Podcast, but a first-time guest who was not available any other time but right now. <laughs> and I was available. I could explain that later. Uh, Dan Soder is here. Thank you. Wow. I feel like such a diva from that intro. <laughs> this guy, so hard to nail down, would say yes and then disappear. No, it's. I thank you for having me. I'm sorry. I had to, my trip here got cut short, so thanks for... Yeah, no, this uh, it actually worked out fine. I was uh, bragging to someone uh, at Acme here before we started recording that I am in completely enjoying my fiance and my kids are all out of town. Oh, so you got it. This is like your day. Yeah. How many days have they been gone? This is day two. Oh, how great is So it? this is the first thing. That's how got- late did you sleep? Uh, t- 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 11. 11. But in single person hours, that's like 3 p.m. Yes. For a single guy, that's like me sleeping. I don't have a family or anything. That's me sleeping till three, right? Yeah, exactly. Probably. Exactly. You probably felt rested. Oh, the best. Did you have very lucid dreams? Yeah. Yeah. I slept on the couch. I never oh, get to sleep on the that, couch. I love doing that right? sometimes. I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to sleep out here tonight. Yeah. Oh, man. No, when if I tried to back? do that any other time, uh, Ashley would be like, no, is there something wrong? Yeah. I, can, I can't sleep without you. Oh, man. Yeah. On yeah, the you're the human body pillow. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Not so last you, night. Oh, man. How many days are they gone? She's, uh, well, I'm, uh, the, the kids are from my ex-wife, so the kids are in Chicago oh. with my ex-wife, so right. I won't see them until Monday. Okay. Um, and then my fiance is coming back tomorrow. I got one more night. That's awesome. One more night. Yeah. That is going to be great. Right? Uh-huh. So I'm And fl- you get a night with the fiance before the kids come back. Correct. There you go. Mm-hmm. Things are coming up. It's been a good weekend. Roses. Yes. So how are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm good. I've uh, walked around your lovely city. Did you get a, Did you get up early enough to walk around today? No, no. I woke up around one, but I did walk around. <laughs> it was. Uh, I went and had Hell's Kitchen, which was delicious. Recommended by someone, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine lives out here, and so he and I went and got it, and um, fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. And then two shows last night. Your first time, as I've learned, first time. First time at, at Acme. Acme. Was it's last best. night. It's really um, comics are genuinely, generally cynical, and genuinely, we're all <laughs> genuinely cynical. <laughs> but whenever I heard, whenever you hear about like a great club, like where they're like, oh Madison, oh like wait till you get to the Comedy Act in Bloomington, or like you know everyone's always been since I started comedy, like oh Acme in Minneapolis, yeah. And then you do it, and you're like, oh yeah, they were absolutely right. This is, it's awesome. This is an awesome club to perform nice. at. How, anything, uh, can you talk about anything that happened last? There's usually a little get-togethers. Oh, the shows. there were laughter. Um, <laughs> no, last night was fun. It was a bunch of people came out. We had fun. Sai uh, was here all week. Oh, yeah. Sai was headlining. And so he's still night. in town, so he hung out. Cool. We, we hung out after the show. Yeah, it's just awesome. It's just, I've had a great night so far. Watch me just eat my dick tonight. <laughs> and be like, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I think I just misread it. I got real confident. Uh, I pumped. Bad. And no chance to make up for it tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, no. oh, man. I, I feel like I came in a game in like the fifth inning, and I got like two at-bats. <laughs> so right. if I strike out here, it's like, I don't think he's that good. I like that. I uh, I want to skip to something right now because it's so fresh in my mind. I was listening to, uh, you're doing a uh XM, Sirius, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, Sirius XM show on Comedy Central Radio called The Bonfire with Big J. Okerson. Yes. I spent uh, in this time home alone. Yeah. I'm thoroughly enjoying. I sat and listened on my iPod. Oh. Or iPad. Doesn't yeah. matter. I listened, uh, yeah, to a one jobs, and a half shows. A jobs product? Yes. Did you listen to one, episode one and half of episode two? Nope. I listened Good to for you. most of one and half of three. Okay, I would say two and three have been... Four was good. There is a four. Yeah, there's okay. a four that we did. Uh, we do two a week. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of... It's probably the most fun I've ever had at a, what's considered a job. It's like ra- you're doing a radio show. But not really. But not I've really. I've done radio. Radio's very... This doesn't feel like radio. Why? Because um, I, did, I did radio for... I'm hoping to get back into radio. Yeah. I'm in between jobs right now, but I worked like a morning show for 13 years. Oh, see, so, so you've done, so 
You'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, jeez, oh, really? Oh, guess the mic wasn't into that conversation. Oh, the wow. mic went limp on me. <laughs> I'm like, all right, baby, I'll, I'll get you going. <laughs> you need a voice? What do you need to get going? Um, when you do radio, you have to do show prep. You have to um, think of things. Yeah. And you, uh, plan out your breaks. You have to... I was a producer, so yeah. Yeah, you have to do a lot of that. You have to worry about like marketing and all that. There's like just a lot of shit you got to worry about. I did radio, but I worked as far as, I just did speed break, so I was just a music jock. Oh, you really? Yeah, I worked at KFMA for five years, and then I worked at K-Rock in New York for two and a half. So I worked maybe seven and a half years in radio. But <clears throat> coming back and doing this show, after going out and doing podcasts and being amongst podcasts... This really feels like Jay and I showing up and talking until a guy behind the board tells us to stop talking. Awesome. So it doesn't, and I hope it remains that way. Knock on wood, it remains that way. Yeah, just yeah. Because it's, I think, so organically uh, natural. I mean, that's uh, redundant. Um, <laughs> it's organic in the way that Jay and I talk to each other, and I find Jay to be one of the funniest human beings on the planet Earth. He's fantastic. And so it's a very, enter- It's just it feels fun to be a part of because I'm entertained as well as the audience. Nice. So, and and I like that we have our own ability to kind of. This is the first time in my life where I've seen, not necessarily choose your fan base, but kind of dictate to your fan base how you're gonna be treated. Because I know in radio, radio especially more than comedy, more than music, more than anything, there's a lot more like criticism because they don't see your face. Yeah. So like you suck. They're like ah, but. What's great about Jay and I's show is we can be like, hey, fuck you. We don't want, we don't deal with that here. Mm-hmm. We don't do that here. Mm-hmm. Like the lady in Maine who kicked that baby out or yelled at that baby for crying in her restaurant. You're like, that's hey, what we're going to do. We're not going to allow shit like that. <laughs> and it's kind of nice. It feels refreshing to be like, oh, all of our fans. I met a couple last night. They're just like, you know, they're like Bennington fans or, or O&A fans or Stern fans. It's, it's, it's great to see who from yeah, those yeah. three arms comes and listens to Jay and I's show. And it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's got to be nice to be doing, uh, you know, a show and not having a boss or someone going, mm, no, nah, yeah, nah, no. I mean, Comedy Central is our boss, but I think they are, um, they're new to radio. So I don't think, you don't have like a grizzled old PD from Orlando <laughs> being like, all right, guys, well, I think, you know, this week we want to do a giveaway, really pump up the volume of callers. So why don't you guys try to do, do you guys got any stories? And then you just like, get the fuck out. Just leave. Do you have any ideas for Lost Classics weekend? Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to do a weedy roast weekend on uh, Memorial Day. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck all that. Fuck radio. I said that that was one of the greatest things I got to say in a boardroom when I was talking to them before even it, we did our test shows was I just told them, like, your problem with radio people is you guys get in the way. You don't let the people who do the thing you're paying them to do do the thing they're paying. Yeah. Like, so it's nice with Jay and I to kind of have that ability to be like, this is our show. And we're going to have fun. That's awesome. And here's some, something that I need to add on to something, if you don't mind, that you yeah. talked about on episode three. Yeah. Maybe people already brought it up to you last night. Shaneco.com lives, is alive and well in oh, Minneapolis. Oh, the Shane companies in Minneapolis? Oh, yeah. Man, I really didn't. I really underestimated him. I underestimated <laughs> Tom Shane. I thought he was local just in Denver. I just thought he was just off a rap. Seriously, Dan, like the, fir- the, the first time ever, <laughs> the first time I was, uh, I saw a Colorado Rockies game on TV, yeah. and they had the billboard in the, the outfield Shane said Shane Co. I'm like, it's yeah. not just here. Yeah, so there's it's, other people afflicted with Shane Tom Shane's commercials. There's, there's a part of me that feels cheated on. There's a part of me that I felt bet. like <laughs> that Tom Shane had these secret radio families all over the, you know, yep. like like he's like the Sean Kemp of. Uh, diamond dealers. <laughs> it's all these children in different places. Yeah, they've never met. <laughs> ah, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch, Tom Shane. Uh, uh, and here, by the way, it's uh, Orin Woodbury at I-94 and Radio Drive. Open Monday through Friday till 8, yeah. Saturday and Sunday till 5. Till 5. Keep, but goddamn if he doesn't keep those hours. <laughs> like an old cobbler. <laughs> he keeps his hours. By the way, he does something I've never heard someone say, and instead of the word designers, he says designers. 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 That's that's inappropriate. <laughs> I, that makes me lose his faith. I mean, now that I know he's a national company, I'd say he's a successful businessman, but saying yeah. that, 
It's like when a little kid gives a book report and says the wrong word, and you're like, did you even read the book? <laughs> did you, Tom Shane? I once did a, uh, um, it was a spelling bee, okay. and my word was snow. And I answered it with so much freaking confidence that you, I, I, like, it would have been like I invented the word. Snow, S-N-O. Oh. Walked at the end of the line for oh, my next try. Oh, drop. Yeah. S-N-O. Oh, my God. I was humiliated. Never forget it. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a tough one to come back from because it's public humiliation. <laughs> you're, you're dropping that. I misspell words all the time in texts. I say wrong words, which people call me out on Twitter for. That's always fun. Where they're like, yeah, you re- use that word wrong. You're like, I know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Half the shit I'm just hurling out of my mouth right as it comes in my brain. If autocorrect can't nab it, then screw it. Fuck autocorrect. Yeah. They change my words all the time, so then I sound crazy. <laughs> I'm not even done typing the word, and it's changed it already. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, you're in a freaking big movie right now. Kind of. I'm kind of in a big movie. Well, your name is... Your, I'm in the your credits. Your name is attached to the it. The greatest in the credit. credits. I have the best credit out of everybody in that movie. No one's... It be- says starring. Boop, 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 boop. In order of appearance. But I have the greatest title. Dumpster guy. <laughs> no one's got a better one. There's no... I looked it up. No one's got a cooler name than me. Dumpster guy. Nice. Yeah, no, Amy's the fucking best. And she... Um, another comic was supposed to, to do that, but had paper issues you don't have to say that i know but i i feel i need to be honest with you we're on stage at the in the hollowed grounds (laughs) that's true we're at the lambo field of comedy don't you dare make that comparison here goddamn right i would in viking country you think i won't bring that in here how dare you um but no she called me up she's like hey you want to be in my movie and i was like yeah she's like all right we make out in an alley next to a dumpster i was like cool all right let's go practice it was insane, man, because you know I've known Amy for a while, and it was really cool to see her shut down three streets in New York to film the scene. And I was on the same... I filmed the night that the call sheet... It was. I, have you seen the movie? I didn't. I have not. I haven't seen a movie in months. It's a, it's a great movie. You should see it. I want to. Um, As my dad said, it's written by that guy. Uh, his last name is AP. It starts with AP. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't write it. Amy wrote it. Amy gets right. I think it's the first movie Apatow directed without writing. Is Amy shows how much my dad knows? Yeah, so your dad is a fucking liar. <laughs> That's where I come unglued. Your fucking dad. You know what? Where is he? Give me his address. I'm gonna take an Uber there and beat his ass for lying about my friend Amy's movie. She wrote it. Um, it's it's a, it's a great movie, and it was super impressive to see. But there's a scene where I filmed the same day as. There's a scene with Matthew Broderick, Chris Everett, Marv Albert, LeBron James. So the call sheet was like all of those people and then Damn. me. <laughs> Damn. Like, Hi. I'm the <laughs> guy. I'm dumpster guy. <laughs> so but it was uh it's great and I'm I'm super happy like I think it's just good for comedy. I think it's good for comedy in general that you know big big com- that comedies are big movies now. Yeah, and it's loaded with stand-ups. Correct. Oh man, Colin Quinn is so fucking funny in that movie. And Dave Attell is so great. Keith Robinson's awesome. Yeah, there's so many. Marina Franklin, Rachel Feinstein, Bridget Everett, Nikki Glazer. Damn. Like just a bunch. Mike Birbiglia. Yes. So many like small cameos by people. Bobby Kelly, Jim Florentine. Yeah, you got to see the movie. Nice. It's I awesome. Have to. I it's have just to. loaded with It's standards. not, uh, I didn't pick another one over that. I literally haven't I think seen you a movie did. in months. I think I, you picked Minions. I, I picked tons of. N- I still haven't gone to Minions. Cause see what you did there? Yeah. you know, Rubbing what? those little yellow bastards in my face. I do love Minions, and I have seen Taking money movie. out of my friend Amy's mouth. You're right. No, you know who? As I a co-star of Trainwreck, <laughs> I'm offended. My ex-wife took my kids to see Minions before <gasps> I got a chance what to take my kids to see Minions. What a cold, ice-hearted monster. I think it should have been actually, we should have worked that out in the divorce decree with movies. I think you need to bring in lawyers now. Probably. I don't, is it worth the money? Grandpa, it fuck, might be. The minions? Yeah. Child seeing minions? That's a lifelong memory. Yeah. I say you take them again. If I say she, you pull them out of school when they come back. <laughs> go see it again. If she if she dares to take them before Star Wars before me. That's, I mean, and I also see what your shirt is. It's Star Wars themed. Yeah, a little mashup. Those are grounds for murder. Be right? Yeah. yeah. If she takes them. I'm not going to use those words. I'm not saying that. <laughs> We're not getting you in trouble right here. No. I'm just saying Viking law, northern Scandinavian law. Amen. I'm just going to make something up. 
But yeah, that's got to be that's got to be tough. <laughs> my dad used to do shit like that because my parents were divorced. Yeah, and my dad, I would go visit him, and he would just do all the fun stuff. And I'd come home, and my mom would just be like, "Ah, oh, you son of a bitch!" Not to me, to him, like. He really got all the good stuff out of the way. I was like, we went to the water park. Yeah, we went to the we zoo and the water zoo, park. Yeah. And we, he took me to a 49er game. And she was like, <laughs> oh, great. That is so great. Uh, I, I've you taken my to school tomorrow morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my mom took me to. School. I literally have taken my kids to like seven water parks this summer. We're oh, trying to good do a for tour you. of all of them. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Water parks are pretty much the most fun thing when there's no one there. Yes. That's the great part about being an adult with no family. Is like me and friend. Don't you dare! Me <laughs> and my friends can go, like in May, whenever all the kids are still in school. Yeah, and you're like, no one's here, uh-huh. except losers and bad parents. <laughs> you're like, your kids should be in school. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm pretty up to date with all of the school year. I uh, I took him to one recently, and it had a uh, poster that listed all the different swimsuits you could that are appropriate. That are acceptable. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Because I feel like I learned. I feel one... like swimsuits have gotten a lot sexier. This is such a weird thing to say. Swimsuits have gotten a lot sexier for kids. <laughs> that's such a weird sentence. I'm not Un- saying I know that. Unfortunately, I know what you mean. But they're like, I've been at water parks and you, there's like nine year old girls in bikinis, yeah. and you're like, what? You yeah. should be wearing a Dora the Explorer one piece. Totally. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see a girl in a thong that's like 10 and you're like, what? Why is that? And then I'm the bad guy because I'm an adult male at a water park who's extremely high on edibles <laughs> yes. and just wants to go down the fucking spinny one uh-huh. and you spin around in a bowl for a little bit. And then the parents are like, look at him. You're like, why are you letting your daughter out of the house in a bikini? Yeah. Because boys, it's always the same. You just wear trunks your yeah. whole life. Yeah. I learned that there's a suit called the Jammer. What's a jammer? A jammer is like a, a like a, if you're un- comparable like underwear, like the boxer briefs. Okay. Yeah, that's called a jammer. I learned. Oh no, that's like MMA shorts. Yes. So people are wearing those. The- oh. There, you can. I haven't no. seen it, thankfully. That's like just a long version of Euro underwear. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of bulge. A lot of bulge. It's a lot. The jammer's got a lot of bulge. <laughs> yeah. I'm uncomfortable with bulge showing underwear. <laughs> Completely. And it, I feel like that's just a confidence. It's the Corvette of underwear. <laughs> like, I like a nice baggy, is he wearing shorts in the pool kind of vibe. I used to wear jean shorts in the pool. How oh, white trash am I? They should kick you. They should have kicked you oh, off. I would go swimming in jean shorts. No problem. I thought it was cool because the jeans were heavy and they hung lower when yeah, I got out. With half your underwear showing up. Oh, back. yeah. Your tidy whitey. Hill- no, Tommy Hilfiger, <laughs> boxers. Man, I thought I was so cool. What a <laughs> fucking dork! There's one of the uh, there's one of these public pools that we've gone to, and my fiance took the girls a couple weeks ago, and they got back, and she's like, "Yep, last time. That's a la- last time. Public pools are pretty gross. Too busy, and someone's weave floated by me." Yeah, I think that's kind of fun. <laughs> the octopus of the city. Yeah, <laughs> that's a majestic thing to see floating in a public pool. No one's gonna claim this. Always Sunny did the best episode about that, where they talked about public pools. Oh, I didn't see that one. And they just, like, they get in and there's just glass on the bottom. And you're like, yeah, that is most public pools. There's always something sharp. When I was a little kid, I have sensitive feet, which is the pussiest thing to say. <laughs> I have sensitive feet, but I do. And uh, my mom would leave me at this athletic club. It was daycare. Yeah. So during the summer, I wasn't allowed, because it was just me and my mom, so I had to be somewhere. So she would put me at daycare, which is kid jail. Yeah. Because it's, <clears throat> it wasn't a nice daycare. It was like you brought your own toys. There was a what? giant, like, volleyball pit. A sand. There was just like a sand trap. But there was a pool. And it was like a really shitty pool. Two feet deep all the way? No, it got to like six feet deep, but okay. it was it was small and all concrete, and there was no... It, it looked like someone just made it on a whim. Yeah. <laughs> someone was like, fuck it, we should put a pool here. There's some extra space. Yeah, and I would swim there all the time, but I would swim like every day during the summer, and my feet would get cut up because the bottom of the pool was so bad. <laughs> So I had to wear those swim shoes. No, <laughs> yeah, because my feet were all fucked up. Oh god, it was so painful. But then I put on the swim shoots, and you basically just sink because you're used to your feet 
So it takes you a little. It's like cement shoes. Like I got caught ratting on the mafia. But I remember the feeling of getting out of the pool, just like a swamp creature, with just the water splashing up from your shoes. That was the worst. But it was pretty awesome. We got to swim every day. I went to. It was like I was like I was in a white collar prison. You know, that's what it felt like. It was like white-collar kid jail. Instead of shower sandals, you got swim shoes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I watched so many kids get into weird fights and use weapons. Man. From home, obviously. Like batteries, like out of the back of Game Boy. This one kid locked me in where we kept all the kickballs. This when I was like eight. He locked me in, and I couldn't find my way out. It was completely dark, and I ran my hand along a nail. Ow. So I just had a huge cut on my... I came out like, ah, <laughs> just holding my hand and blood pouring down it. I was like, ah. Oh, man, that place was the worst. This ki- this older kid convinced me to walk to the lobby in my underwear after I was swimming. And I, I G.I. Joe tidy whities And I walked and I was like, the lady behind the desk was mortified. She's like, what are you doing? Go back to the locker room. And everyone was laughing at me. <laughs> that was brutal. It was kid jail, man. Was there a payoff? Did he? Did you get like some of his lunch or anything? No, I just he was ahead of me. He was an older kid. <laughs> you had to do it. Oh yeah, man. You didn't really have a choice. You know what just popped into my head? I once saw, you know, you you see it on TV, like all these bad Disney shows my kids watch, and but it really happened. I watched a kid get locked in a locker. Really? When I was in gym class in seventh grade, oh. and they they the bully put the fucking lock. Like, oh. It was these these big lockers. Did he leave them in there? Yeah, dude, that's not for all a class, but for like the first ten minutes. I wonder if you look up that kid where he is right now. I'm scared. Do you remember no. his name? No, Man. I'm gonna guess Ray. I think it was Ray. That's what's so good now about the internet. You could do field research where you're like, I wonder if that kid was successful, and you're like, Nope. Okay, looks like bullying doesn't work. <laughs> looks like it doesn't create any character content. <laughs> Looks like that kid's just a fucking pushover now. That's his, name, like, his name was Barack, actually. Oh, he became, the pres- uh, the 40, yeah. he became the 44th president of the United <laughs> States of America. You've heard of him. He got locked in a locker. They kept making fun of him being from Kenya or something. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't him. I uh, I do have one more question about Trainwreck. Did you get to go to like a kick-ass premiere? Yeah, man. Yeah, tell me about that. Well, Amy invited me to the... I got invited to the cast and crew screening, and so I was like happy with that. It was the night before the premiere. And Amy was there, and I saw her, and she's like, you're coming to the premiere, right? And I was like, no, I didn't get invited. She's like, yeah, this is me inviting you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so I went, Mark Norman and I, neither one of us had dates, so we went, and it was awesome. John Cena was there. LeBron was there. Uh, Tony Romo. All, like, these people. It was strange because we went to the after party, and you'd just be, like, talking. You'd be looking at a guy, and you'd be like, how do I know him? You're like, oh, that's, okay, that guy's famous. Mm-hmm. Or like, I remember looking at this girl and being like, how do I know this girl? Did I go to college with her? And I was like, oh, that's Julia Stiles. No, oh, I don't. I no. don't. Uh-uh. I don't know her at all. No. <laughs> I'm going to make a bunch of Save the Last Dance references to my friends. <laughs> there was an insane part where Mark, Nor- I was with Mark at the bar and he was getting a drink and LeBron was across the bar ordering a drink. Yeah. And we were just, just looking at him. But we turned around to find our friend and everybody had their phones out, video taping and taking pictures of lebron ordering a drink and you're like what the fuck is that where we are now oh no what a gross everyone's just like were you gonna frame that you're gonna print that out and frame it that was the time i watched lebron order a club soda was it a club soda i have to i don't know i couldn't get in his inner circle i tried (laughs) Pete Davidson was the only one that got to meet him because Judd walked him over. He was in like a kind of a private area. Wow. But like obviously he talked to like Amy and Bill yeah. Hader. <clears throat> but Judd, Pete's like a, obviously a huge, well, as everyone that ever has watched the sport is a huge LeBron fan. But sure. Pete, Pete really wanted to meet him. And Pete's, in, you know, has a funny scene in the movie. So Judd walked him over and met him. And I thought that was that was awesome. And Pete came back. He's like, he knew who I was. It's like, yeah, you're on SNL. People know who that is. Yeah, right. You're not working at an Autobot. You're not working at a Pet Boys in fucking Toledo. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, LeBron came by, bought a battery and remembered that. Yeah, you're on the biggest comedy show. It's not that LeBron a... has been on. Yeah, he's hosted, so pretty sure he knows where you work. Did you get to talk to Marv Albert? No, he wasn't there. But how about at the when you were on the set? The same no, day? I was no? kept separated. Damn. I was on the call sheet, but I wasn't in a room with those oh, guys. Oh, okay. They're not going to let some guy called Dumpster Guy be in a room with Matthew Broderick. Ferris Bueller's not hanging out with Dumpster Guy. 
But, um, you know, I was on a call sheet, so. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, that's it. I'd be all right if that's, like, that's the the top of my career. Sure. Like, hey, you got to be called dumpster guy in a movie. You're like, you know what? All in all is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the man of low expectations. <laughs> I like it. Did uh, do you follow uh, UFC? Did you watch that yes. Ronda Rousey last weekend? Yeah, I mean, I can watch all of her fights on Instagram. It's great. Yeah, right. People can just post them. I don't have to buy a pay-per-view. No. She's awesome. I want to see her fight Cyborg. I want Cyborg to drop or her, uh, maybe a catchweight, but I really want to see her fight Cyborg. <laughs> cyborg. Oh, yeah. I've been watching her bit, beat bitches up for a while. So it'd be great to see. I think Ronda Rousey's awesome. I, I'm going to ask you a question, and I, this is probably like a super hacky comic thing, but like lasting longer in the ring or in bed? With, with Ronda, Ronda yeah. I'd last longer in bed because I feel like I could look at her muscles to stop me from coming. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in the ring, there's there's just nothing I can do. There's no, I have no control over that situation. <laughs> I can slow some pumps down if we're in the bed. I think she's sexy. Yeah, totally. But I need her out of shape. I can't. Okay. I, I'm too insecure to fuck her fighting shape. Yeah. Like if she's about to beat someone up and she's like, "Hey, come over and give me some D." I need to clear my head. I'd be like, ah, I could try to take you to pound town, but <laughs> I'm wondering, cause I imagine she just fucks like a girl. Like, a girl like, Do you think she's aggressive? I don't that? know, but I imagine a woman that in shape would have to fuck someone like Alistair Overeem. Who's just like, just jacked muscle. Not a guy like me with quasi dad body, <laughs> like young dad body. I don't have complete dad body. I have young dad body. Okay, yeah. I have it like, oh man, it's so crazy. We used to drink together, but that was five years ago. I have that dad body. Gotcha. I don't have like, well, Clark is going into seventh grade. <laughs> I don't have that body yet. But I feel like, I feel like I could fuck her well, not before a fight. Because before a fight, I'd be like, you need a guy who's like, yeah, like a CrossFit guy who's like, absolutely, babe, I'll just plank on top of you until you come. <laughs> the jackhammer. Yeah, I'll just, what, you just let me know how much hip you need. <laughs> I'm like, Ronda Rousey, you are basically fucking James Tony at the end of his career. I'm going to hit you with three good ones. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. And then it's just a lot of dancing and grabbing. Do you? Do you remember when, um, oh, what was their, uh, uh, Gina Carano? No, Katarina Svit. Was that her name? She was a figure skater? Yeah, I remember Katarina Svit. And then she did Playboy? Yeah, I remember that. I didn't like that. Me neither. Yeah, her body was too weird and muscular. Thank you. Okay. Bodies like that, figure skaters are like gymnasts where their bodies get all fucking mutated because they have to stay tiny for their sport. They're like, it's creepy. Yeah. Especially gymnastic girls' voices. <laughs> They're always like that crazy, repressed. Well. And you're like, you're 23. Why are you talking like, it's so creepy. Well, we've been training really hard. And their tits are just like too, like, just t- you, there's no tits. They're no. Pre- it's and so, hills. Yeah. It's so <laughs> fucking weird. You know what? I, that's the- why I like Minnesota, because I like, I really, oh, I keep kicking the wire. I'm so sorry. Uh, I like full-bodied women. Amen, so, brother. It's like, I think I got to come. I got to go here or to Sweden. There you and, go. To, I think to find a bride. I will even give Wisconsin. I hate, you know, anti-Wisconsin, Minnesotan that I am. I will yeah. even give Wisconsin women the, the thumbs up. I like, I always say I like, yeah, Viking-bodied women. Yeah. I want a Viking queen. Like a woman who, you know, she can tit feed over five boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say something like that. That aren't even hers. <laughs> yeah, but like just wearing a fur cape and having a broadsword. <laughs> My wife can provide milk for five boys. <laughs> Three breasts. Three adult men. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Man, that's the time I should have lived in. Mm-hmm. Just get to wear fucking comfortable fur. And just eat hot soup with bread all the time. And wear fur and not worry about paint being thrown on you. Yes. But you're also, that's good you're using fur because you're using all the parts of the animal. Uh-huh. You're actually considered recycling back then. That's right. Those were the people that were green. The <laughs> yeah. people that were wearing their fur. Fucking hippies. Oh, yeah, dude. I'd be such a, but just with big ass swords. Yes. That'd be so awesome. You don't think about it. I'm 32. I'd be an old man. Mm-hmm. I already have a grandchild. 
Like, I fought in a war when I was 14. Already retired. I just, yeah. There'd be another clan that I have a problem with. You probably already handed that sword down to you. No. 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 Not yet. No, not yet. I'd still be capable of fighting. (laughs) I'm not too old. Man, yeah, that's, so I gotta find a fucking Viking queen. (laughs) I, um, I I love the, I'm glad that you agreed with me about Katarina Witt. In her man ass, yes, Playboy. man ass. That's my. That was my first impression. Yeah, she had like Lance Armstrong ass. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I bet she pedals up a mountain well. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that ties into the. Uh, I don't know how many episodes of Inside Amy Schumer you've been on. Three, three. Well, I watched one of uh, the skits you were in this morning yeah and it ties in kind of what we're <laughs> talking about oh where we say that we start describing her like a dude a chick who can hang i think is the, was the name of the name of this sketch yeah. that was a really funny sketch i was with um eddie k thomas yeah from american pie yes and um two other great actors who i am forgetting their names because i'm a pothead um that was really fun man fucking amy this is why amy's the best i was busting her i was busting her balls at the cellar one night and she just like looked at me and she goes, can you act? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, cool. I'm going to put you as the lead of one of the sketches. And that was it. And then the next day my agent's like, hey, you got to film Inside Amy. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Really? I'm a, I'm a, yeah. Oh, and that's just how it is. Because I've, you know, I've done the process of like auditioning and callback. And can you wear business attire? And just for Amy to be like, yeah, you got a job, kid. It's like, yeah. You're the fucking best. Thank yeah, you. nice to have friends like that. Yes, it's that's why the backlash is starting to happen. People are, I've I've had to eliminate a couple people on Facebook because they're like, oh, all right, I'm fucking sick of Amy Schumer. And you're like, I yeah, I I saw one, um, but I, I saw one this week from a former No Laugh Track podcast guest that was like, enough. All right, can mm-hmm. I not have her in my time timeline for six seconds? Just deal with it. It's yeah. good. Stop it. I get it's annoying. But when people get mean about it, that's when I'm like, all right, dude, I'm done with you Yeah, on Facebook. Because she is my friend, and I, I don't like seeing my friend get shit talked about her. Well, I mean, I don't want to get too serious about it, but if you have success, isn't that what you're everybody's shooting for? Right? Yeah, but it's so weird, man. Success is like... I, I, I guess the best way I can relate it is it's and, it's... and I don't know this from experience. I just know from being around and having a couple friends that have found a great amount of success is it seems to me like when you look at a picture of a person's vacation on instagram and you're so jealous and you're like i wish i was on a beach right now like look how much fun their lives are so great they're just on that beach they were probably happy the whole time just full you never think about things like that and then you actually ask them, and they're like, well, I was actually fighting with my wife the entire weekend uh i got diarrhea from the local cuisine the night before and you're like Oh, so it sucked, but you just took a nice picture. Like, I'll ask, like, Amy or something. I'm like, how is it? Is it crazy? And she's like, it's, yeah, it's insane. It's not. Obviously, she enjoys parts of it, but I yeah, don't. Yeah. It's, it's not just a fucking walk in the park. It's not like your life is perfect. Yeah. In fact, I think you, you're bringing in a lot more problems because there's a lot more people that have a vested interest in you. Paying attention. Yeah. yeah. There's people that are try, actively trying to destroy your career. The Washington Post put out. I mean, I don't know too much about journalism. Graduated with a degree in it, but I don't really remember a lot. (laughs) But I know she's a public figure, but there was almost a form of, not liability, it wasn't libel, but they they said a lot of shit, and then the Enterobang, Enterobang, the uh, website, did an interview with them. It was like, so you've watched all of Amy's stuff, and they're like, I've never seen her stand-up. I've never watched her show. I just I saw that that joke on a page of like written out. Yeah. And I assumed that her act was racist. Like they just assumed not racist but like you're like how the fuck are you going to write an op-ed piece when you don't even do the research? It's uh, that's Listen, the one thing Americans are great at are losing our shit. <laughs> we are so good. I don't and it's a sliding scale, but the American dream really has became justifiably losing your shit on someone being a victim where you get to yell 
And people are like, yes. Yeah. Like, they love it. They're like, what happened? The waiter wrote a mean note to you? Put it on the internet, and let's ruin this motherfucker's life. We like, had one here locally. You probably didn't hear about it. I it was, probably did, because I fucking read about that shit. It, it was a, uh, it started on Facebook. It was a guy telling a story about my daughter was in the military, and she's been discriminated against at a, uh, at a gas station over yeah. by the airport. It, people lost their shit. Yeah, Tur- uh, boycotting the gas station and showing up, and people just, just spewing the most racist freaking things about the, the Somali uh, oh. people that work around that. Uh, the taxi drivers that work around that gas station. Turns out misunderstanding yep he had to fucking eat his words issue an apology turns but out guess that's what? not what happened people lost their shit and i bet the apology didn't reach half as far as the initial of course story. not of course not no one knew no, that he was in the no, wrong no, no. and yeah. it really is it's like i imagine this like if there was a voltron of those people <laughs> if like all those people that ju- try to lose their shit justifiably and take people down i think it would form a giant dead-eyed white housewife from connecticut yes with like a nancy grace haircut yes that just wants to destroy everything it's like my child just i can't believe that we live in a world it's like all right well, it's like back when remember when uh mary with children came on the air oh, and that fucking rich cunt and that's the only way i can describe her tried to get it off the air by protesting it was it wasn't it like tipper gore it wasn't tipper gore oh, okay. but it was of that ilk yeah and she was like my child shouldn't be able to watch it's like you fucking dunce yeah it's it's called expression you should be able to have free expression tell your be a better parent and tell your kids not to watch yeah. that and also, that means that they're doing a good job if lame-ass people like you don't like it. Yeah. And I think there is, like, that's kind I of... I love that. It was so singular then, and I think it's it's just been kind of meshed into our society now, especially with social media. People feel very comfortable. That criticism online, that online criticism, it comes from a place of comfort because they're alone by themselves and they don't feel really like anyone's watching them. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. that's why they can spew such visceral hate and just like, you fucking suck, die. Like, there's like shit that people have written about me where I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, you know that I have like, I. it's at the end of uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back where they have the list of everyone on the internet and they go to their house and they whoop their ass. Yeah. And that's such a great idea. But really, it'd just be interesting to like take a person that's written it and then watch them watch the person read that out loud that oh. they wrote it about. Yeah, to see that human connection of like, I guarantee ninety nine percent of people would be like, "Hey, man, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I really yeah." Because I've gone back at people where they're like, "Hey, you fucking suck when you're on Opie and Jimmy," or like, "Hey, you're not funny. I don't know how you're a comedian." And you're like, "Hey, man." I don't know why you have to say that, but I hope you feel better from whatever's making you angry. And yeah. they'll be like, nah, man, like, I didn't mean it like that. And you're like, yeah, well, you got, like, one guy wrote You it must me- have meant, meant it like that. Yeah, dummy. you know you did, so stop yeah. being a pussy and yeah. just admit that you're, you misspoke and that you're, you spoke out of anger. Yeah. Out of pure, it, it blows my mind. There's been people who have been like, I've had to cancel shows for other stuff before, and it's never. I'm not canceling a show to stay at home. Right. If, I'm, if I'm canceling a show on the road, it's because I have to do something that I feel will bring more eyes on my stand-up, so the shows will be better. Yeah, because they'll be filmed with like-minded people or people who know who I am, so the shows can. So that's the thing about comedy: you want an audience that knows you, so you can fuck around with them and take mm-hmm. better comedic risks and try to push your comedy so it gets better. But you need. A room full of strangers, it's good, but you have to have an act that breaks through that ice of like, all right, here's who I am. Please trust that I'm funny. Now can we fuck around and have fun? Yeah. But I remember one time I canceled and this guy's like, hey, man, I drove fucking 10 hours to see you and you just fucking bail like that. And I wrote back like, hey, I'm sorry, man. I had to film something. Let me get your tickets for when I'm when I come back. Yeah. And I'll, you know, and I'll still do that. That offer's still good. Cool gesture. But, but the guy wrote back like, oh, man, you are a good dude. I'm sorry, man. I was going to come here anyways. It's like, what? <laughs> then why did you try to make me feel like shit? You fucker. Because you made me feel like shit. Yeah. You made me feel like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, like, I didn't pick up my kid at baseball practice. Like, I really let you down, buddy. <laughs> He's like, it's all right, Pops. I just wanted to play catch. You're like, fuck. And he comes back. He's like, I'm not even your kid. Fuck you. I don't even care. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm just here for the Dairy Queen after you pick me up. Ah, it's like... We love that. We love like 
goading people. That's what our society loves to do now. Especially yeah. like you see those prank videos where these white kids are walking up to th- these fucking black kids in the hood and pulling down their pants and then getting punched in the face. You're like, yeah, it's not funny. No. It's not funny. You're, you're, ang- you're antagonizing someone. That's what it is, man. It's like a real uh, – it's, it's a culture of ant- antagonization, and that's what happened. Like look at the TV – like, look at, like, all those real housewife things. Yeah. It's just people fucking nipping at each other. Yeah. Well, you didn't go to the park. And they're like, God damn it. And just trying to grab handfuls of hair. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy that it's like, that's what people love to do now. It's like, oh, did you see him? He got mad. He got so mad. Oh, how great is it that he couldn't control himself when he was the worst condition a human being can be besides <laughs> sad? <laughs> It's fucked up, man. But it's but then there's also like there's a lot of good. A lot more people. There's a lot more eyes on comedy. People can go to comedians and have connections to comedians and be kind of. I think that's what's great about technology is like people. Twenty years ago, you had to wait for a guy to come back to your city. Yeah. But now you can follow a guy on Twitter and be like, oh, he's in the town over, or like. Oh, he's going to be on this TV show. I really like this guy. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember Matthew Perry when I was a kid. I was a really big Matthew Perry fan. He was on this show about um, about his his dad died or he died and he came back. He was There was a ghost involved. And it was, it was back in the 80s. I forget what it was called. Ghost Dad? I think it might have been that. Was it Ghost Dad? Might have been. No, that's with Bill Cosby. Oh, that's right. No. We're not talking is, about Bill Cosby. No, we're not. <laughs> Matthew Perry. You can look it up. It's on fucking IMDb, whatever he was on. People take care of it. That's another great thing of the internet. That doesn't remain a mystery. If you're listening to this podcast, you're like, oh, yeah, that was a show in the 80s. But then he popped back up on Friends, and I liked him as an actor. So I remember being like, oh, well, I got to watch this because I, I like this guy. Yeah. But, you know, had there been back then, you're like, Twitter. You've been like, oh, look, he's pushing his new show, Friends. I'll watch it. I followed this guy. Yeah, right. So I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I don't know what the point I'm making is. <laughs> but I think it's like, it is kind of cool that you can follow people, especially stand-up, because we need that. Oh, I, it's, it's as a comedy nerd like I am, it's the, it's the best. To yeah. Because be to... you get to see people go, like, if you're a fan of Amy, you could have been a fan of Amy from the first roast. Mm-hmm. Or from even her live at Gotham or last last comic, comic standing the first time I saw her, and you followed her all this way, and yeah. you're like kind of like yeah, I, I knew that was going to pay off. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I remember following uh, Doug Benson on MySpace to find out when he was going to be at Acme. Yeah, there's, that's crazy. I remember MySpace comedy was like it opened such a portal up of like you could just find awesome guys. I remember I Bill Burr used to blog. On MySpace, he would put he would post these rants, and he posted he posted a rant I'll never forget it about hot girls that keep it real, but I'm real, like and it was this fucking long diatribe, and it, like now you could just listen to the Monday Morning podcast, right, and hear Bill Burr, but back then it was like you read it and you're like this guy's so funny. Mm-hmm. Because he was just talking about like hot, like how hot women are like. But I really like to keep it real. He's like, no, you don't. He just like you could read it in his voice. He's like, you know, keep it real. And you're like, oh man, you could totally hear him saying it. Yeah, but that's what's great about it. And I think so. Like, you know, yeah, the an- antagonization. I don't even know if I'm using that correctly. And but people antagonizing people online and people shitting on things and yelping you and trying to make you feel bad does come with a, a bright side. Well, like, uh, like Jimmy Kimmel. Is it Kimmel? Yeah, Kimmel has the people come on and read the mean tweets. That's about so him. funny. Go ahead. That's so funny. My buddy Giannis Pappas, who's a great stand-up comic, um, he got his read by Don Rickles because he said he looked like Yoda, and Don Rickles read it. No way! It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Do you, uh, when you do like uh, uh, like a talk show like Conan, do you go and uh, read the comments that people put after they see? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think yeah, I think everyone does that. Yeah, I have a joke about that, but yeah, I, I could, I've done that too much. The worst thing I ever did was the second time I did Conan, I was by myself. The first time I did it, I went with Nate, Nate Bargatze was there with me. who's one of my best friends. And His new stand-up special is very funny. I, he's one of the best comedians working. Just, that's not even biased. He's just that funny. Yep. Um, but he went with me, and that was awesome. Then the second time I did it, he was gone, and I didn't have anybody to go with me. And I went by myself, and it's a way different and not as fun experience being by yourself because you're so in your own head 
I bet. And then you're just in the green room by yourself, and then you do the set, and you don't, you don't know how it feels. You're like, it felt pretty good. And then you go home, or you go. I went to a hotel and ate Carl's Jr. and then just like sat there and was like, well, that's over. And then it airs, and then the next morning you wake up and you're like, they tweet at you like, now it's on YouTube, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> and then you just know. <laughs> Like walking in, it reminds me of like a horror movie where they walk downstairs with a flashlight and they're like, hello? Hello? Like I go into the comment section, I'm like, did anybody? Yeah. And it's like, oh, no! <laughs> Bats are oh, flying at you. Oh, no. You picked up the fact that I was wrong and the fact about it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> the best one was the first Conan set, I, I, I think, went very, very well. I'm very proud of the first Conan set. The second set, I thought, went what, went well, but I didn't think it went as well as the first one. And the first one was uh, your first late first night. First late night, first um, second TV appearance, first late night. I did Live of Gotham, but okay. then I did um, but then I did this, Conan, and I had a really good set. And where, what kind of snapped me out of the YouTube, YouTube comments thing is because sometimes they just, they're very generic in how they hate you, so it hurts more. So like, what's this guy? This guy like, this guy thinks he should be a comic, and you're like, oh, I, you're right. I think that every day. I think why do I? But then one guy just wrote, I had a great set, and he just wrote, he's bombing, and I was like, well, no, I'm not. So, did you even watch the video? Then I have a feeling these guys just come by with those videos and just comment without even watching it, based on the look on your face where it paused. One guy was like so in depth. He's like, I, I really enjoyed the joke structure. I thought the Voices added an element to the bits. However, his stage presence could just use a little bit of work. And you're like, who the fuck? What community college what acting coach are you? Yeah. He sounds like uh, when I've come here to help judge like the funniest person yeah. contest. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stage presence, one through five. Yeah. Mm-hmm, five. But I was like, all oh, right, whatever. You just can't listen to that. And all the guys, you know, like all the people I know that have a lot of success all say the same thing. They're like, you just can't. Like I would, I went on Reddit. My my friend Louis J Gomez got me to go on Reddit. Another friend got me to go on it because one of my jokes. He was like, "Your joke is trending," and I was like, "I don't know what that means." But then Louis was like, "Oh, look! Like you could just type in your name and see what everyone's saying about you." Yeah. And uh, I did it for like three weeks, and it was the worst I've ever felt about myself. Even though people were saying nice things, there's a lot of people that are saying nice things, but the nice things don't matter. It's the one person that says something where you're like. This fucking guy. But then I stopped, and my life is, it's just, it's more peaceful. Have you to... ever read anything where you're like, I know that guy, that mother... No. No. That's good. Yeah. I would, I would, I would just go to that person if I knew that person. <laughs> I'd probably go I to... I went to school with that prick. I would probably go at him physically. Yeah? But not like push him or anything, but definitely do the thing where I put my hand against the wall while they're walking. Ooh. Like I was, uh, I was on Reddit recently, and I, uh... You know the username Aurora Dope Man seven eighty four. I think we need to talk. <laughs> I I know that that's your address. Yeah, give him a real. I know it was you, Fredo. <laughs> I know it was you, Jason. And then just kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> Let's go out to the lake and row. <laughs> Do you ever? Uh, you're from Colorado. Live in New York, correct? Yes. Am I correct with all that? Yes, I grew up in Aurora. Uh, Do you ever go back? Yeah. I just worked Comedy Works uh, about a month ago, and I usually go back to Denver. I try to make it back twice or three times a year. How so, much has it changed with pot being legal? A lot more people, a lot of people are moving there, but it really, I guess you could say it's changed, but it has, it's just awesome. It just works. Other cities should do it. You make a lot of money. It just helps. I think it's just a really good thing. Yeah. I heard, I heard you say somewhere that your old pothead buddies or now oh yeah it's a bit that i do which is it's 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 you know like all jokes it's based in half truth i figured but i had a friend that i have a friend that works in marijuana law and he's just like you know he's like the first dentist in san francisco you're just like oh you have a skill that all these people need (laughs) you know you're like the first doctor in on the oregon trail (laughs) yeah where people are going to be like, this guy's going to have a very successful business. That's a, that's a great way to put that. Yeah, and he's doing really well. But also I had a friend that worked at a dispensary that was pretty high up. And he was like one of my old smoking buddies. That's where I, I give him a little ode in the name of the bit. Oh, okay. I say Dennis. And that's one of my best friends growing up. 
You know, um, I, I I would be I'd be making a huge mistake if I didn't bring up wrestling. Yeah, being here man. in How Minneapolis, f- with yeah, fucking AWA, AWA, Vern Gagne Thank territory. Should, did, it, did, did it hit you when he passed away earlier this year? You no, because I wasn't a, I wasn't an AWA. I was an AWA guy mostly because they played it on ESPN and like the Rockers were here and there was a couple good. Yeah. There were a lot of good. Uh, I mean, AWA was one of the top besides NWA. E, um, which is so funny when you say NWA because that movie's coming out and you're like the rap group and you're like no that was where Ric Flair started yeah now you actually have to <laughs> separate those yeah, be like, that was, I'm talking about the wrestling organization but like the GWC and like there's like all those territories were so yeah. awesome yep um, but yeah I uh, Hogan I, wrestled in the AWA he was a heel in the AWA mm-hmm. he was Terry the Boulder um, when he was up here had Sergeant Slaughter yeah, dude. I mean, AWA is infamous. He he passed away so recently that you're like, he lived past all of his wrestlers almost. Yeah, for sure. Did he body slam? Yeah. There's a comic that I worked with recently that has a great Vern Gagne reference. Oh, and, really? And I forget who it is. Damn it, it's gonna bug me. But yeah, no, I uh, I'm a, I'm a big wrestling fan. As far as I I keep tabs, I really watch it. Uh, Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Okay. Because that is... That's their best writing? Yeah. It's where they ramp everything up, and it's dead season for everything else. The NFL just ends, and so there's kind of this, like, baseball hasn't started. There's college basketball, which you can get behind, but, you know, you need something... I like that. Yeah. Like, I like... College basketball feels constant, so if you don't keep up with it, you, like, fall behind. But wrestling, it's like, I can watch Raw... And I have the network, so I can watch all the pay-per-views, and it's great. I love it. Oh, you pay for the uh, whatever that is? Fuck yeah, $2 yeah. a month. Really? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I watch it all the time. Access to everything. Oh, dude, I'll pop on like a Starcade 88 and just get high and lay on my couch and like read articles online. It's great. That sounds and awesome. And then I'll watch like Sting versus Vader, and you're like, this is awesome. They did uh, AWA. Are you aware of this? They once did a uh, their own version of WrestleMania called wrestle rock yeah it was around the same time yeah 84 yep yeah at the metrodome the metrodome dome 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 dome. everyone tried copying wrestlemania once it happened Uh uh-huh it's a brilliant idea yeah i think they even did like a uh, they tried to do like an album of music like remember when the wwf did that yes (laughs) rock and wrestling (laughs) what an awful idea the last thing i ever want to hear are big meatheads trying to play music this one's called the body slam hop. You're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> cut your head and make me believe that you got hit with a chair and it yes. cut your face open. <laughs> Have you ever, so uh, you met, did you meet John Cena? He's a wrestler. He was standing behind me as we were leaving the theater. Okay. But I didn't get to meet him. No. No. I never met John Cena. But he's a giant human being in person. I once saw... Um, I heard you say, uh, I think on your radio show, that you have a Hulk Hogan autograph. I do, that I've taken down. Kind oh. of. I haven't taken it down yet. You haven't really I'll take it down. down. I have a signed bandana that I had custom framed. Did you get it signed in person or did you buy it? E Rock from Opie and Jimmy got it signed for me. Okay. I was on the road and he got me a signed bandana and I had it like this built custom frame that's red and yellow. It's so awesome. Awesome. And I got to take it down. But in its place, I just purchased. A WrestleMania Four Winged Eagle Heavyweight Championship belt. Whoa, the one that the Macho Man wore. Yeah. So I'll be wearing that shirtless playing video games <laughs> in about a week. <laughs> I am the cream. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we sit around. It's gonna be so much fun. Uh, that, that that's awesome. I'm gonna, I hang, have... I'm gonna hang it in its place though. I'm gonna buy a, a wall bracket. Okay. I I have a uh, Hulk Hogan autograph as well, but it's just on a piece of paper. Okay. But I got mine in person. You met him? Yes. I went and saw the movie... No Holds Barred? F- nope. He had nothing to do with it, but I always remember it when I, th- when I see the movie on cable. Friday. Next Friday. The second Friday movie. What? Yeah. They're not connected, only that I was at the Mall of America seeing that movie, and then as we were walking, we were about to leave, going back to the car, I looked down over this railing, and Hulk Hogan is outside his new Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania restaurant signing autographs. Well, let me tell you something, brother. (laughs) If there's anything the Hulkster knows, it's a good pasta fajoule. (laughs) 
Yeah, he cooks it just like my mom. The Holocaust hog, and he got the best pasta. You know, like he like coming from Italy. Man, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Because the woman from. He's a man who's a driver, so learn English, man. The Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It wasn't even. They were. I didn't buy any of the food. Uh, you should have. Even I should have standing right in front of Hulk and, ta- and chatting with him for a minute. But um, we didn't buy any food. They were giving out free samples. It wasn't. The quality was below Franco American. Yeah, of course. It's Hulk Hogan <laughs> it was pasta. Awful. Hulk Hogan pasta. Yeah. What? No. I'm not going near that. Don't forget to try Ultimate Warrior stuffing. <laughs> All the pieces of the universe come into my stuffing. It is unbelievable. <laughs> when you take your turkey, I want you to stuff it with Ultimate Warrior pasta. <laughs> that would be great. Under the giant, I have the new grape soil. Try my big flavor. They should have done that. They should have just done wrestling themed. <laughs> the reviews. <laughs> oh man, we should have. Why didn't we? Why didn't they think of that? <laughs> I'm so glad you just Macho did. Man <laughs> mashed potatoes. Yeah, everyone knows a potato ain't just a potato. Drop an elbow on it from the top rope. Yeah, everyone knows it's just a pile of fluffy goodness. Yeah, <laughs> we could have done it. We could have marketed it. Just done all these wrestling food. <laughs> if we have a time machine, I recommend we do that. Uh, yeah, oh, please. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad you did the uh, Andre. I was waiting for that one. Uh, that's the best one. There's a guy that does a great Andre, a better one. That I, that's the reason I stopped doing it. He um, he is. You could see he has the Andre the Giant show on YouTube. And he has a, like a perfect andre really yeah and once you see someone do a perfect voice you're like well i'll just save that one for my friends yeah it's good though thank you i'm gonna wear my andre the giant t-shirt tonight uh, really i have to go back to the hotel and iron it because <laughs> i'm an, an adult male who irons wrestling t-shirts so it's, it's <laughs> i haven't ironed a t-shirt in forever well, Maybe let me never. tell you something. I just feel like you saying that. I feel I want to start my sentences ever since we <laughs> talked about Hogan's pasta. Uh, uh, Roddy Piper, may he rest in peace. One of the best ever. One of the best ever. The only good thing in my life that came out of his recent death is that I got to hear a new interview with Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh, Mean Gene's the best, man. Yeah. That dude. I didn't know that he was still around. It's, he's very much alive. Yeah. He's on all the DVD, all the WWE DVDs and stuff, all the interviews. He's around. Fucking Mean Gene. Bobby Heenan's still alive, but I don't think he's doing well. Bobby Heenan was my jam. Ah, uh, yes. he's. Not I think there's well. a large amount of stand-up comedians that have been influenced by Bobby Heenan without realizing it. What do you mean? Because he was so funny. You go back and watch some of the Saturday night main events. Oh, or those you were start, great. Or you watch like Superstars. Or you watch where he was color commentary, even when he was on WCW. He's so fast and so funny. How he would always turn it where the good guy was the bad guy. And he was like, I loved that whole thing of Bobby Heenan of like, <clears throat> no, you're the bad guy. Yeah. I'm the good guy. I'm I'm fine. And he just do like this shitty behavior. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm he's tough one. Yeah. He yep. was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Heenan, man. <laughs> Bobby you know, the Brain. Mean Gene had a restaurant too. No, I just, what? it just occurred to me. Yeah. Mean uh, Gene had a restaurant in Minneapolis? No, it was oh. the only one I ever saw was in northern, like two hours north of here. This is 15 years ago. Mean Gene's. Burgers. <laughs> I bought a burger, ate it. It was mediocre, but I saved a uh, napkin that had a cartoon version of Mean Gene on it. Oh, yeah. well, I hope it's still open and their burgers have progressed. <laughs> mean Gene's burgers. Mean Gene's yeah. burgers. Yeah. That is that's mm-hmm. so funny. I think. Yeah. Hey, man. All right. Well, I've probably taken up quite a bit. Of, we just about hit an hour here. Anything oh. else we should be mentioning, Dan? Um, I am just a soft spirit that wants <laughs> nothing but peace. No, I uh, think Do you bring having... anything along and sell it at the shows or I anything? D- I don't. You have no wares to share. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a tour poster for September and October. Okay. Hopefully that gets done. I'm not drawing it. I'm having a very talented artist from Marvel draw it. But from Marvel? 
Yeah, it's like did you guy. just drop that like from Marvel? Eh, just some guy. No, but he's a, he's. I don't want to say. Maybe you've that. heard of him, Stan Lee. Yeah, he's gonna draw a new character for me, <laughs> and I'm gonna sell it just on posters at the Punchline, San Francisco, Sacramento, Laugh Boston. No, it's a. Uh, I'm very excited to be here, and it's kind of I'm kind of bummed that it's only two nights because yeah. I've had such a good time. It's gonna fly by. Yeah, yeah. I know. Fly home tomorrow for Donut Day. There you go. The conversation that probably no one heard before. Lost tapes, baby. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, dude. Thank you. This has been awesome. Yeah, you're C- you're a good man. Thank you. Continued yeah. success, sir. Thank you, sir. Boom. Done. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, you got him. <laughs> <laughs>